Turn to Luke's gospel account of the birth of our Lord. Luke chapter 2. We'll read the first 20 verses. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Our text, our verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Loved in our Lord Jesus Christ, what a lovely song sung by that heavenly host. A song that is sung in response to the message that had just come from the angel. The message that unto them was born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That message comes to a few lowly shepherds taking care of their sheep by night. That's unusual, isn't it? Usually if there's going to be a great performance by a choir, the audience far outnumbers the choir. But now there is a multitude of singers and they are coming down from heaven to sing this song and bring this message to just a few lowly shepherds. Yes, just a few individuals, but important individuals. Just a few individuals there, but loved individuals. Just a few individuals, but those who were looking and longing for that long-awaited promise of a Savior. They don't have to be afraid. Yes, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, but they don't have to be afraid. Normally they would be afraid because we're sinners. And how can we stand before the glory of the Lord? But they don't need to be afraid. Because there in a manger is lying the Savior who is giving himself to remove all of our sins from us by the death of the cross. There laying before them as they gaze at the baby in the manger lies the righteous one who is going to impart his righteousness to us sinners. The angels break forth in song. And the theme, the theme is glory to God in the highest or more literally Glory in the highest to God. The reason? Because on earth there is brought peace. And it is brought to whom? And why? Because of God's goodwill toward men. So briefly this morning, I want to look at those themes from this verse, this song. Glory to God in the highest. Who sings this song? Christ's servants, the servants of the living God, the messengers that bring that good news to us. They are created creatures, not of this earth. They are perfect angels, no sin, even though one third of them had rebelled earlier 
and were cast out of heaven. They are God's servants to bring praise to God for the glorious things he is doing. Those angels sing at the dawn of creation. When they see the beautiful creation God has made. Those angels come with promises to God's people. Comes to Zacharias. That he's going to be a father of a son who's going to be, lead the way for Christ Jesus. It comes to a Mary. That she's going to be with child even though she doesn't know a man. It's going to come to a Joseph who's who's in his mind going to put Mary away because he thinks that she is guilty of adultery. And now comes to these shepherds to announce this birth. Why do they sing this song? And the answer is because they are very interested in this salvation that God is working out. A salvation that was planned in eternity. And now in history is being worked out. They sing the song, Glory to God, because negatively, a shadow had come over all the world, including the angel world, didn't it? The shadow of sin. And here is a God who is going to rectify what Satan did. Here is a God who in the way of sin is going to reveal his grace and his glory like we could never know otherwise. If we were always obedient as Adam was, yes, we would enjoy fellowship with God, but will we know his grace? That is, his undeserved favor? Would we know his wonderful mercy, his pity that he takes upon us helpless sinners? But even more than that, they sing the song because they are zealous for the coming of Christ. They're zealous. Isn't that what we read in 1 Peter chapter 1? Peter is writing there about our salvation. And let me quote it there. 1 Peter 1 verses 10 and following. Of which salvation... The prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the spirit which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. That last part of that phrase. So as that promise came throughout the Old Testament through the prophets, the prophets don't fully realize what they're all bringing. But they are bringing the message of God, of a Savior who is coming. And the day is coming closer and closer and now is finally fulfilled. The prophets did not fully understand the message that they were bringing. But not only the prophets, but even the angels up in heaven desire to look into. What is the Lord going to do to save his people? 
Yes, he has promised a seed unto the woman. He has promised a seed singular to Abraham through whom he would made, made a blessing to all nations. Yes, God had promised a seed unto David that would be on the throne forever and ever. And now those promises are fulfilled. Yes, the angels are interested in that salvation. A salvation for this whole created cosmos. Heaven and earth included in that. And all the creatures in heaven and on earth. And what is it to sing God's glory? We read there that the angel of the Lord came unto them, verse 9, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And now the song begins with that word, glory to God in the highest. What it means is not that they are adding to God's glory anyway. That's impossible. God is all glorious. But that glory has shown all around these shepherds, and they behold that glory. If I were going to compare it to something, it would be to the sunshine. The sunshine burns so brightly that you and I with our eyes cannot look directly up into the sun, can we? When there's eclipse of the sun. You have to look away, otherwise you're going to burn your retinas. But as that sun shines in all of its beauty, its rays go out. And you and I can behold those beautiful rays of the sun in the morning as it's rising. And we can behold the beautiful rays of the sun in the evening when it's setting. And so also the glory of the Lord, we can't see him in person for he is spirit, but we surely can see the rays of his glory shining all around us in all of his work. What a brilliant, what a glorious God we have. Glory to God for who he is. Glory to God for his wonderful perfections. Glory to God for his wonderful works. Creation, an eloquent book. His providence, caring for us throughout our life, ruling all the affairs of the world, and especially our salvation. God doing what is humanly impossible, saving wretched sinners. These angels recognize that he is worthy of our ascribing glory unto him, just as the angels ascribe glory to him, his brilliance, his wonderful works. Glory to God in the highest. What other song could come out of the lips of the angels or out of our lips when we think of what the gift of Christ is all about? Divine love. Love for his people, his elect whom he has chosen. Such a love that he gives his own son. 
Don't ever get it wrong. Don't think that it's because Jesus died for us, now God loves us. But because God loves us, he sent his son into this world to suffer and die for us. What do we see with that babe in the manger? Glory to God, his grace. We don't deserve that gift. We forfeited all of our gifts by our sin in Adam and our daily sins. But his undeserved favor toward us, he saves us. And don't we see the glory of that one that he gives when he comes in all of his humility? He lays his glory behind and he comes as a naked little baby into this world to have to suck on his mother for nourishment. Born to two parents who are very poor. They don't have proper clothing even for their child. It's strips of cloth lying in a manger. And in that humility, we see more. And the angels must have seen more. They are conscious of the promises of God that he has made. That the one who is going to be the king of kings and the lord of lords is also going to be the suffering servant of God. Isaiah 53 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that he made him sin who knew no sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, the wisdom of God, it far surpasses what we could ever think or imagine, isn't it? He knows the best way to save sinners like us. He knows the only way to save sinners like us. And that is by his giving his own son as a divine person in our human nature to stand in our place, to suffer our death and conquer it, to take away that sin and that guilt. Glory to God in the highest because of his righteousness. God could not play peekaboo with our sins. I pretend I didn't see it. Sometimes as parents, maybe we do that with some of our children because we really don't want to deal with it. But our God is a righteous God. That means that sin must be punished. The sinner must be punished. And rather than you and me, Christ Jesus has made that sinner for us. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, the glory of his justice. It will be satisfied. Even though it means that he gives his only begotten son to the cruel death of the cross and suffering his wrath. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, the glory of his mercy. Do you know it? How he took pity on sinners like you and me. You and I at times might look down our noses at sinners in the world, some of the awful things that they are doing. But God didn't look down his nose in contempt, but rather he looked down in mercy. That means he took pity on us, but not just taking pity. It's easy for us to take pity on starving kids or the people, the citizens in the Gaza Strip right now. But that's all the further it goes, doesn't it? But when he takes pity upon us, his mercy means that he reaches down to help. 
like that Samaritan did to the man who was lying next to the road. Christ came down to help us. Glory to God in the highest. As the sun, the brilliant sun, sends out its rays, so also God in his work of giving his son sends out the rays of his glory. What a glorious, what a wonderful, what a tremendous thing he has done. Glory to God in the highest because he gives us the faith to behold that babe in the manger and to cherish him in our hearts. The call of the gospel comes to you and to me to repent of our sins and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say glory to God in the highest unto us is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. On this day, let us not make a lot of joy and happiness over the things that we might have received this Christmas time, material things, but let us make a lot of noise and joy over the great gift of God's only begotten Son. And as the angels sung, glory to God in the highest the, the shepherds go to see this thing that has come to pass, and they come back rejoicing with great joy, praising God. But not only praising God, but speaking. Speaking of what God has done. He has sent his Son into the world. Oh yes, beloved, may we today grasp, grasp this glory of our God. He gave his Son for miserable sinners like you and I. Who's going to sing this song? Yes, the angels did. Why all of this praise? Well, the angel continues in the songs, don't they? Glory to God in the highest. Here's the reason. On earth, there's peace. This is an announcement that God is really making through his angels in this song. On earth there is peace. No, it's not the kind of peace between nations. They're still at war and there will be rumors of war till Christ comes again. No, for the wicked there is no peace. Christ says, I come with a sword, not with peace. But there is a spiritual peace. There is a peace between us and God. Our sins that stood between us and the holy God are taken out, are removed. And we are reconciled with God. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be afraid of the judgment day for our sins are ripped away from us. There is that kind of peace through the forgiveness of our sins. Five times that God is called a God of peace. 
And have you found that in your life? You see, already here on earth there is that peace, not only in heaven someday, when my conscience accuses me of guilt and it rightfully accuses me of guilt. How wonderful to have this peace given to us. Yes, while my sins are many in number, his grace is greater than my sins, and they are all blotted out of his book. Wonderful harmony between us and our God. Harmony that is described in the Bible as the love between a man and his wife. Where they can speak to one another, they can dialogue to one another, they can whisper sweet things to one another. And that's what our worship is all about. Every worship, isn't it? God speaking to us and then we speak back to him with his songs that he has given us. We, we give our gifts to him. There's this dialogue. God and his people. But this peace is not only with our God, but it is also a beautiful peace and harmony in the church. A peace and a harmony because... We know that we are all sinners and we see one another in Christ Jesus. We experience that peace through the way of forgiveness of our sins. They're blotted out. And just as God forgives us our sins, knowing that forgiveness, he makes us able to forgive one another when we sin against each other. And that sometimes is forgotten in the church. That we are called to forgive unconditionally. We are called also to forgive unendingly. We read that passage when Peter read, asked, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? How many times has God forgiven you and me our sins? over and over and over and over again so that we have peace with him so we forgive one another over and over and over again unendingly we have reconciliation with god and we make reconciliation with one another we read in Romans 4, verse 25, about Christ, who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel that we preach, isn't it? That's what the apostle says. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That was given to the Apostle Paul, to all the apostles, that is given to the church of Jesus Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. It is not the holding grudges. It is not going back all the time in the, in the past and digging up the sins of the past and hauling them out again. 
but it is causing men and women and children to be reconciled not only to God with the forgiveness of their sins, but reconciled to their fellow saints. On earth, peace. Do you feel that peace? That God is for us and who can be against us? Who is it that has this peace and gives glory to God? And that is the end of the song. Glory to God in the highest on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Or, and on earth peace to men of his good pleasure. That is also a proper way of translating this part of the verse. This peace comes to those of his good pleasure. Those who God delights in. Those whom God has chosen from the foundation of the world and given to Christ Jesus. God delights in them because their sins are washed away and they are made righteous in Christ Jesus. We read in Ephesians chapter 1 that in his good pleasure he chose and he saved us in Christ Jesus. We read in Philippians that he works in us to do of his good pleasure. Jesus says of his son, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It is God's good pleasure now to reveal that gospel to these humble folk taking care of their shepherds. And so they go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass. And we go with them to Bethlehem by faith, beholding this very unique gift, God himself in our human nature. Oh, angels, continue to sing. Sing the praises of our God who saves us. God sings through his angels. This is God's good news, not just to those shepherds, not just to wise men who came from afar, but this is God's good news to all of his saints whom he has given to Christ Jesus. Glory to God, not because God needs anything. God saves not because he has to save, but he's willing to save. He is pleased to save. It delights him to save sinners like us. To save his people who have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. The angels that serve God sing this song. The church militant can join in that song. Glory to be to God as the glory of God shines all around them. And may you and I daily be able to sing this song as the glory of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, reconciliation to those in, in whom he is well pleased, whom he loves. Not a Cain, not an Esau. Not a Balaam even who desired the end of the righteous, he said. But to Jews 
to Gentiles, to men, to women, to children, to teenagers, to children in the womb yet. Glory to God in the highest. And the implication is, if this glory of God is like the rays of the sun all around us in its brilliance, we behold it, we sing in thankfulness, but then we also live for his glory. We want to be well-pleasing in what we say and how we act with one another. What a song. What a beautiful song. The angels sing it. May you and I take that song, rejoice in it, and sing along with them. Amen. Father in heaven, we stand in amazement of thy beloved Son given to us. Receive our thanks. May the tunes carry on in our hearts throughout this day and throughout this coming year. We are children of God through his only begotten Son given to us. Amen.